This Is A What You Asked For podcast, part of the Asked For universe. Thanks for listening. This is what you asked for. The regular show where we answer our own questions. I'm a curator, Sia Morrison, and with me, as always, is my co-host... Daniela. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, I suppose I should say what we're talking about. On this show, we are discussing life's big questions. The big questions of life. I have a few for us to discuss. Okay. So I guess you could say the Q-tip is, what are some of the big questions in life? In the curiosities, we go a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Big, small questions. Big, small questions. What are some of the big, but smaller questions of life? Yep. We, um, we answer a few. We try, we attempt to anyway, <laughs> to answer a few. And then we wrap all this up. Okay. Cool. Excellent. Bring it on. How, how have you been? I'm fine. Well, you, you've been up to anything? Um, not a lot. Lots you've of, been doing... Lots of podcasting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where this is the halfway point of yes. what I've been calling the What You Ask For Marathon Week. Yes. So, it equates to roughly a, an episode a day for a week or five days. Maybe more. We'll see. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> So yeah, we've been doing quite a few podcasts. Yes. And then we record a bit later today, so. Yes, we will. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. This is What You Ask For podcast. Five shows, four social media, three hosts, two contact modes, one podcast. Welcome to the Asked For universe. Okay, so this is the part of the show we call uh, the Q-tip, where we answer a big question. Uh, Except that this big question has lots of smaller big questions. Mm -hmm. And the big question is, what are some of life's biggest questions there are those Mm. big questions in life which uh, philosophy and religion uh, try to answer and something as human beings we I guess we think about at some time in our life Uh, they can be defining questions as far as shaping our our belief systems or Mm -hmm. they can just be tossy cock questions yes I I (laughs) guess it depends on how serious you view these so i have a few okay um so what i'm going to do is i'm going to read the question so the questions i'm pulling from are from a website called quora.com and so i'll give the question i'll give some background and i'll i'll uh pick your thoughts and share mine okay all righty 
So, Daniela. Yes. I pose the question to you. What is the meaning of life? Well, if I really had the answer, I'd be pretty popular. I think everyone would come to me for the answer. I don't know what the meaning of life is. I used to think that a lot when I was a bit younger, but it's such a full-on question, I feel, that it just depends how you interpret it. Because I could say the meaning of life is just to be happy or just to be fulfilled in some way like that, happiness or love or something like that. Maybe for some people it's just to work. Like, for me personally, I think it's just to live the best you you can while you're here. I don't, I don't, I don't like the question actually. That right. question bothers me because it's so, it makes me think too much. Sometimes I don't like to think about things you, like that. You, doing <laughs> I'm making this motion with my hands like, like squeezy hands. Yeah, it's motion. just very. It's a full. I find it a real full-on question for, okay. for me to comprehend. It just. It's going to sound really bad, but I'm just going to be honest. I don't really care. You don't care about the meaning of life. What about the meaning of your life? The meaning of my life, I think, is just to live the best I can with what I got. <laughs> and what does that mean? Just to you know, just enjoy whatever's happening, good or bad. Just take it as it comes. Like I don't know what's going to happen after. Just live each day however the best I can do it. Take it as Happiness. it comes, one day at a time. Yeah. Is it informed by a particular philosophy or? Um, I've been through a bit of shit, so I think just you know losing a few people, seeing how short life can actually be. It's just you know just enjoy, be happy. Don't dwell on the little shit things. There's no point, even though I do sometimes, but I think everyone does. I think we all do, yeah. You know, try and look <clears throat> at the bigger picture. Sure. Um, I tend to think of the question probably from a different point of view. I guess the question sets up a problem, which is what is the meaning of life, assuming there is a meaning to mm-hmm. life. And I think as human beings, we want to create meaning because we are meaning making mammal take the information from around us and we try to process it into our worldview in a way that we can understand and then you know take on what makes sense reject what doesn't and i think when i think about this question i quite often think about one of my favorite philosophers albert camus who is uh, famous for his uh, philosophy of absurdism and a book that he wrote called The Myth of Syphysis. Syphysis? Syphysis. The Myth of Sisyphus. And if you're familiar with the myth, it's about uh, a Greek mythological person or deity who is cursed or um, punished to push up a massive boulder up a hill all day only to get to the top to watch it roll back down again and to have to do that ad nauseum. And Albert Camus likens that myth to life. Life is... If, if you break down life and strip away the narratives we place upon the mundane of our existence, you know, going to work and um, certain relationships and things like this, it's if you strip it down to its bare essentials, it's just people doing the same things over and over again. Unless you have a belief in God, which sort of changes the narrative a bit. But if you take that away, you take away all these, I guess, what he'd call distractions. You're left with, like, the, the bare bones. And he poses, well, if this is life, then what's what's the meaning? What's the purpose? Are we, we bound to push this boulder up this, this mountain? 
uh, without any anything um, I don't know I guess magical attached to it and it essentially look I'm, I'm being very I'm being very simplistic when I describe this it's there's a bit more involved than just that but basically he ends his famous essay the myth of Sisyphus by saying that we must imagine Sisyphus happy which really means and no surprise here that we all make and create our own meanings and there's ways of doing that without distracting ourselves from our reality of our existence mm -hmm. without distracting ourselves from the irony of life yep. the th um, and, and those narratives that get in the way of us fulfilling our existence um, to its full potential and also giving ourselves the kudos Mm -hmm. rather than something else or someone else. I guess in a long-winded way, I'm just saying, I like the concept of creating your own meaning, but also with a, a sense of detachment. And not detached in the sense where you're, um, where you're emotionless or uninvested emotionally, but aware that you know life is, to a certain degree, a facade. Mm -hmm. You're a, a, a peg in a diorama, and it's good to realise that sometimes, as not to get caught up in your own bullshit or inflated self-worth of mm -hmm. course you got to, everyone's worth is worth something but you know we're all human beings we're all we're on an equal playing field so to speak at least generally at a physiological level and i guess that's deep diving a bit bit more than most people would if people say mm -hmm. what if you generally said to people or ask people what is the meaning of life that more or less say ah oh, i just want to be happy mm -hmm. and happiness is fine I guess I always view happiness as momentary. Yep. Like all emotions, but whatever. It's uh, every person's entitled to their own perspective and they're all on their own journey and you don't know what has gotten somebody where they are at this point. So whether people are religious or no, it's it's really up to them to, to map a course and create a philosophy that is meaningful to them because ultimately ultimately they've got to live with themselves mm -hmm. yeah sure next one <laughs> i find that just such a big question yeah i guess so it's it's it is a big a big question wrapped in a uh, a small package I, I guess it's as big or as small as you decide it to be like i said some people would just say yeah just be happy and other yeah. people will give you the long-winded answer which i just gave <laughs> All right, so when we we think of life, we often quite uh, naturally think of death. Yes. What happens after death? So when a human being ceases to be, is there an afterlife? A lot of there's a lot of people that would say yes, especially religious people, um, people who are who consider themselves spiritual. Mm -hmm. I think there's a uh, a comfort in knowing that there's an afterlife and that people either continue either in some happier place yeah whether that be uh like a heaven or that depending on the deeds of a person in this world that they are rewarded or punished for those deeds so if they were bad people they go to a hell a fiery mm -hmm. pit of anguish or they go to the aforementioned heaven where they enjoy the the fruits of their their good life in a nice place maybe with a creator figure such as god mm -hmm. i have been religious on and off throughout my earlier life i had identified as christian so i did 
believe in an afterlife. I'm not sure if this is if it's, if it's a common thing or if it's just a community thing, but I think we like to comfort each other with the idea of an afterlife, even like especially children as well, because we don't like to think of death as the end, yeah. particularly of someone that we love and cherish. So I can understand that as being a, a way to couch this, the topic, the subject with particularly younger people. But uh, through my journey, I've, I have believed in the afterlife and then came out the other side not believing. So I tend to take more of a, a humanistic viewpoint these days where and humanism is a philosophy which is based on critical thinking uh, free thought and um, skepticism so i tend not to believe it just because it hasn't been proved satisfactorily yet Mm -hmm. and i say yet because any good critical thinker would never uh, just stick one belief always be open to the potential of evidence so that's my personal viewpoint i i don't believe I carry on potentially the energy I, I have which eventually when this body breaks down will continue as energy does but as far as going to a, a paradise or damnation or a purgatory or something where a ghostly form of myself is continuing I, I don't I don't tend to buy into uh, I know people that do and, and certainly I understand it and if that's what people believe, that's purely on them. Mm-hmm. And you know, good good luck to them if that's what you need to get through life. Because life can be a drag, can be tough. So it can be good to know that there's a better existence after this. But yeah. for me, I just you know I, I played in that sandpit, and and I found it wanting. Mm-hmm. What about yourself? Well, I was always, I was raised Catholic, so I was always taught to believe. You know, when you die. You go to heaven if you're good, you go to hell if you're bad, you know. And I did believe that for a very long time. And um, when I got a bit older, I lost people close to me. So it was very comforting to think that they'd gone to a nice place. And they're always around, you know, their, their spirit was around and made you feel safe and things like that. But I've come to different circumstances now where I think people just believe what makes them feel better like if that's what gets you through go for it like you were saying before like life can be crappy so especially if when you lose people that are close to you as for like souls and things like that it's a nice concept like our soul goes on what if our soul is just our energy like that's what i've been thinking so like your energy continues on maybe people maybe that's your soul i don't i don't know i like to think that something like that i've never seen a ghost so therefore I don't believe you turn into a ghost anymore I used to think that it would be nice but I just figure um, there was an afterlife that people that I've lost would want to come and say hello you think so wouldn't you so and none have <laughs> <laughs> so therefore I don't believe it until yeah. it happens mm. or until I get there myself and if, if, if there's something after then okay then I'll know I'll know when I when I die but for now I don't I don't believe that. I personally feel that, like, uh, losing someone close, their afterlife is what we have, like, here still. Like, keeping their memory alive is, like, their afterlife. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel these days. 
Um, yeah, and I've lost a fair few close people, so I think by keeping their memory alive is how I honour their afterlife. Yeah. And yes, I go to cemeteries and visit graves of people that I've lost, but I think that's uh, been drilled into my mind as a respect thing from being little. Yeah, so culturally, from your perspective, yeah. it's important to visit the grave site of deceased members and to show respect yeah. by bringing flowers, making sure that the site is tidy yeah. and it's uh, a moment to, to be in prayer or thought or some sort of exchange with mm-hmm. or just talk to the deceased loved one. I find that a bit funny though because my I, I lost my dad and he was pretty religious even though he would question a lot of things um but he um he, went, he never went to ch- he never really went to church or anything like that and he ne- he hated going to cemeteries for people that had passed away because his theory was i don't need to go there to think about and talk to that person if i want to talk to a person like i can do that anywhere yeah so sure. i kind of when i f- i kind of do that now like i don't i don't need to go visit the cemetery to respect people or keep their memory alive like i can do that anywhere yeah so, yeah, I, I like cemeteries. I find them interesting, but I don't need to go there to visit people that have passed. Yeah, it's something to be said about human beings and, and ritual, you know, that the idea that we, even from quite the earliest stages of development of civilizations and humans living in groups together, that one of the first things we did as societies small social groups is that we buried the dead mm-hmm. and that slowly became ritualized when spiritualities were or belief systems or ideas and gods were being created as a way of telling a story for understanding mm-hmm. why death existed which i always find fascinating like that's like some of the earlier findings of human civilizations are you know burial sites mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think obviously that hasn't changed. And whatever your view is on <clears throat> uh, on the afterlife or honouring uh, those who have passed on, yeah, I mean, again, it's all subjective to a, yeah. to a certain degree. Uh, I guess, in a way, when you're talking about visiting uh, the funerals, it's a way of taking time to remember that person, yeah. even though you might not have any... Uh, spiritual belief necessarily you you still go there to it's it's like a long way of giving thought to your yeah. loved ones yeah don't want to say you're forcing yourself but you're you're making yourself go to a place where that's going to be the central activity i know what you mean yeah <laughs> where opposed to like you know looking at a photo is more momentary yep uh, if you're actually visiting a, a place where that person has been buried or somehow Im- immortalised, then mm-hmm. you're going to spend a bit more time focusing on that person. So, have we answered that one? I think so. Okay. <laughs> this leads into the next question, which we've kind of answered. Uh, Daniela. Yep. Does God exist? <laughs> I used to, well, I was like I said, I was raised Catholic, so I was always taught that God exists and all that stuff and, you know I went to Sunday school and had all that stuff because that's just the way my parents did it um, I think in recent times I've come to think that he well I went through a time where I hadn't hated God and didn't believe that he was around anymore because I couldn't understand why the good people would be taken from me all the time 
And I was like, if there's God, they wouldn't take good people. They'd take bad people. Like, get rid of the bad people. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'd like to say yes, but my heart's not in that answer. So I understand why people would believe in a God. Um, I personally don't anymore, unless I'm proven wrong one day. But right now, I don't think we, I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I tend to, to share that the same belief as well unsurprisingly again i can't say that god doesn't exist but the the evidence is lacking in supporting the existence of an omnipotent supernatural father figure i uh yeah as i mentioned earlier i was identified as christian on and off during my younger years i didn't grow up religious at all i grew up i guess secular you'd say not even atheist just because religion was never talked about in my home. I sort of learnt about it through like friends or people at school. And the general concept of Jesus was kind of known in the Western world anyway because of things like Christmas and Easter, which are attached to mm-hmm. you know the, the Jesus story. And so there were times where I certainly believed or wanted to believe in God. And I, I have to say that when I did, I did it whole, wholeheartedly. So you know, I did believe. And there was quite a comfort in believing in, in a father figure that could do anything and was looking out for you and mm-hmm. um, had the ability to grant wishes or answer prayers, if you like. And so there was something very fulfilling and secure about having that belief. But the problem I found was that I, I had too many questions that were either answered in a non-satisfactory way or didn't have an, an answer at all. And really important questions about, you know, the world I live in and, you know, things like, you know, do your homosexuals go go to heaven? And the, the consensus tended to be no. And I thought, well, that doesn't make sense. If there's no loving God who created everybody and everything. Uh, why is he discriminating? Mm-hmm. And then it starts to you start to look at the bigger picture. And once you start, particularly when you well, particularly when I was um, looking at Christianity. In fact, you can do this with all the major religions, probably minor religions, is that once you start dissecting the stories, they start to fall apart pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And I guess the idea with religion is that you don't question it, you go along with it regardless, and you trust, you have faith that God or the gods will, will show you the way, answers will come, you know, you be patient mm-hmm. um, and be faithful and follow the rules and you'll be fine and for me it just wasn't satisfactory uh, yep. once you once I thought about the the Christian narrative carefully I was like well for me this is not creating happiness I don't feel fulfilled in this belief system I'm going to move on it was a hard thing to do um, particularly in my later years like I said, I, I think I mentioned I'd been Christian a few times in my life. So came to it, left it, came to it, left it. So with the last time with leaving it, it was pretty hard. It was letting go of a security blanket, yep. which was very difficult to do. And there was fear attached to it. But the fear I had was not strong enough for me to continue with it. I was far more interested in in finding a thing closer to our truth. Yep and I wasn't finding it in religion. And I should say again, and I'll probably say this a few times, if you are religious, if you do believe in God, in fact, if you are Christian, um, certainly not 
bagging yeah. on you. In fact, my best mate, who I've known since I was 10 and is still close to, is a Christian. So even though we disagree on some philosophical issues, we have a very happy and fulfilling friendship. Yep. So I, d- I don't begrudge anyone their belief systems. I think you can believe, in fact, have different opinions on a multitude of things, but as long as you're respectful, yes. um, then there's no reason why we can't all get along and live together happily. Yes. It's when it cross, crosses a line of respect and then becomes either dangerous to other people and or themselves, and yeah. then that becomes a problem. But I believe generally most people, including religious people, uh, you know, they're, they're just trying to find a way, um, yeah. live a good life, follow a basic morality and, you know, have something fulfilling and rich and spiritual in their lives. I tend to view spirituality a bit different than most people, well, not most people, than non-religious people, I guess. There's plenty of people who view spirituality, spirituality the way I do. People might not know that spirituality has two meanings. So the first meaning is obviously a, a meaning in the the supernatural or a god gods and the other one is uh, a betterment of oneself mm-hmm. without any spiritual intervention or or it doesn't it doesn't necessitate a a belief in the invisible or supernatural so i am spiritual in the sense that i'm always looking to better myself as a human being particularly when it comes to my view on the world and and, and people and compassion for uh, the, 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 the sentient beings I, I share this planet with but I certainly don't believe in God or gods and I have practiced various beliefs mm-hmm. not just Christianity I've dabbled in other belief systems and I just found you know yeah the same problem yeah for me it required uh, <laughs> me to be ignorant and it was it wasn't satisfying yeah having said that though also i think there are so many religions and spiritualities out there that are fascinating i find for example quite often catch myself saying i find religion fascinating Mm -hmm. as as a concept or as a narrative but i find it perplexing as a life philosophy Mm -hmm. stories of the bible great stories interesting stories likened to Greek myths or yep. other ancient societies myths, the uh, yep. Roman myths or uh, Celtic myths or Norse myths or Aboriginal dreaming stories, mm-hmm. things like this. These, these are all fascinating and, and important uh, meditations on the human condition. I like to think of them almost from a Jungian point of view where they're, they're representations of uh, greater parts of the psyche, mm-hmm. the, these these heroes or these these beings that have, have these journeys and go on these adventures but other than that i don't hold them to a, a higher degree than any other good book yeah you only have to come into my study to, <laughs> to see that i have an appreciation for many different stories and genres of of books and, and and tales i think that's a really important part of the human condition is telling stories we all love stories yep. we all love being told stories Part of the reason why we like recording, listening to podcasts is it's a, another form of storytelling. Yep. And that's great, but I'm not prepared to cross the line mm-hmm. uh, with religion from from story to life philosophy. Next question.
know what we're up to next? Want to get involved in our latest listener polls? Like, follow, comment and interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and Snapchat. Just search Ask For Pod and join the What You Ask For community. Thanks for listening. All right, well, they were three of many of the mm. big questions out there. They're pretty big questions. Yeah, and they're interesting questions to meditate on. Everyone's going to have a different philosophy and idea and answer. If people would like to share their answers with us, please do. Uh, you can follow us on our social media, um, ask for pod. Just find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, or you can email us at ask for pod at hotmail.com asked for pod <laughs> A-S-K-E-D I have to be careful with, with making that clear because the way I say it sometimes just sounds like I am saying ask for pod yep. so I actually asked for as in what you asked for yep <laughs> alright let's go on to the curiosities shall mm, we we shall Daniela yes what is love love is one question of a few we'll be exploring in the curiosities. Yeah. So the curiosities, we usually have smaller questions in the curiosity section related to the Q-tip. But this is just, I guess you could say it's another Q-tip. Basically, the curiosity section for this show today is, what are the smaller questions Yes. of life? And maybe, I don't know, it depends on your, your definition. The question, what is love, might be actually a pretty big one. That might be a, considered a big question. I like this question. So, I'll get, let me give you a bit of a rundown. So, I'm on this website, I found this article on The Guardian, written by someone called Bernadette Russell. And mm-hmm. She's listed a bunch of thinky questions. One of them is, what is love? Um, if everyone loved everyone, would the world be a better place? What different kinds of love are there? I don't, for example, love peanut butter the way I love my sisters. So there must be more than one kind. Obviously. Uh, Most people from philosophers to pop stars are fans of love as a positive force in the world. It's good to remember to tell those we love that we love them and why. Ask yourself what you mean when you say you love someone or something and how it makes you feel. Would loving your enemy, as hard as that is, (laughs) make them your friend? If everyone did that, what would happen? So bearing that all in mind, if you want to or not, what is love, Daniela? Love is so many things. And you can't help but think of that song, right? What is love? Baby, Baby don't hurt me. Oh, yes, gotta love that. No more. Not like the Roxby. But um, mm. love is so many things, I think, and people will have so many different answers for what love is. Like, I can sit here with the biggest smile on my face and say love is the feeling that I get when I walk into Lord of the Fries. <laughs> I get so full of love in my heart and my belly. For those people who don't know, Lord of the Fries is a vegan... Burger place. <laughs> fast food burger Yeah, place. like, that is love. <laughs> <laughs> or I could say that I... I, I can tell you've got red and... <laughs> wow, you've lit up... You've... Oh, it's getting hot here. Yeah. <laughs> you lit right up. I did. I, I Like, that is a type of love. And then there is the love that I have for my mum. Or my, my certain friends and certain family members. And then there's... <laughs> certain family members. <laughs> then there's the love that I have for, like... The love that 
I have for my dog because the, like when he looks at me he's full of love and it makes me happy I'm not sure he is he does he loves me he's full so of much. want of food <laughs> see he loves food too but love is just I think whatever makes you happy and want to care like if you like, love a person you want to care about them you want to do all the things you can to make them happy and you know I'm Italian and we're always taught that food is love <laughs> so Oh yeah. When you know people or come over, an expression over, of love. At yeah, least, that's yeah. right. Like I think that's why I just love to cook for people because it's like just showing them how much I care mm. and love is just here's my food, eat it. Why? Why <laughs> is food the 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 vehicle of love in uh, Italian culture and think, probably in a lot of cultures? But from your it's perspective, just a universal thing that you can always bond over. We all have to eat. Yeah, exactly. You all have to eat. And if it's made with love, I know people say, don't like people think this is crazy, but when it is made with love, it does taste better. Because I've made things without love and it don't taste that great. <laughs> like if I'm in a shitty mood, not in the mood to cook something, mm. it tastes not as good as it does when I'm happy to cook for so someone. So when you're saying love, you're saying with effort and yeah, care. Yeah, with care. And, and with the just, idea that this this sustenance is going towards people that you also care about. That's right. It's going to bring them joy and happiness. And mm. even if it's just for that half an hour or hour, they're sitting there eating that food, feeling good and happy. Mm-hmm. At least I've brought some sort of love into someone's life. Mm-hmm. That's love. <laughs> a part of me has become a part of you. Yeah. Quite literally. In yeah. Sense. Yeah. Feel my love through my food. Yeah. Anything else? Or my hugs. <laughs> hugs always are like a way to show love. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I hug my mum because I love her. So now you're talking about expressions of love. Yeah. Um, There's lots of different ways to. Which I guess we'll touch on with the food. Yeah. I guess as a rationalist and, I don't know, if it's a male thing as well, keeping <laughs> things simple, I tend to find if I keep things simple, it makes sense to me. Love for me is just the... It's the bonding mechanism that humans have that makes us feel good. And we bond over many things, including food and pets and other human beings. It's a way of attaching emotionally to particularly people and, I guess, assuring to some degree the survival of those closest to you. I know that sounds very clinical, but, you know, what is love? I guess, fundamentally for me, it's probably that basic. Mm -hmm. And then... Like you say, there are different types of loves, different degrees of love, if you like. Yeah. Love you have have for your children would be the different love, a different love than what you'd have for a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, love for various family members, love for friends. Um, probably even say that compassion is an expression of love. Mm-hmm. You can have compassion for strangers and compassion for um, anything, really. And that you could argue comes from a place of love so yeah it's it certainly seems fundamental to our existence as far as it being associated with a happy life or a meaningful Mm -hmm. life going back to our very first question question. it's a nice feeling makes you feel good yeah makes other people feel good yeah yeah hug someone today free hugs free hugs (laughs) or a burger oh yeah hug a burger Speaking of burgers, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> are the best things in life free? Things like friends, family, and good memories are free, but other stuff like trainers and video games are quite expensive. Think about the truth of this statement and what great things you can get for free, and what things you can give for free, like your time and your attention. 
these things are hard to get off people these days. Do you agree? Yeah. Everyone's just so busy with their own lives. It's hard to get time and attention from people. Work, family commitments. Yeah, it's, you know. extra stuff outside of work. Yep. It's not. Relaxing time. I don't know if I didn't notice it when I was younger, but I know nowadays it's hard to get. Look, I have friends that I, I keep in touch with, but it's so hard to see. They're so hard. They're, it's so hard to see. They're so hard to um, to catch up with due to, you know, like I said, work, family, other commitments, kids. Like, you know, it's so difficult. Sport, exercise. Yeah, everything. It's, it's kind of sad. Meditation. Because I feel... I'm naming all the things I don't do. Yeah. <laughs> Gym. But you know what? It... If you just send a two-second text to someone just to say, hey, how are you going? I think that still means a lot. Well, to me it does. Like, if I haven't caught up with a friend or a family member for ages and then I get, like, a text, you know, after a fair while of not having any contact with them, hmm. just to say, how you doing? Hope you're cool, whatever. Like, it means a lot. Yeah, just a phone call, text, a Facebook message these days, a Snapchat, you know, just something yeah. to say that you're thinking of a person. I think a lot of people... Do do that, don't they? I don't know. Yeah. I know a few people that do, but there's, you know. Sure. It's easy, or oh, it's easier these days to certainly do that sort of stuff. That's why there's no excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you wonder how people maintain relationships without social media and mobile phones. Used to do it you'd, before. You'd have to, you'd have to call and you'd have to visit. But I like that. I like the back in the day, you had to call someone to talk to them, or yes. you had to go over. I don't know, there seems to be an anxiety about that these days, I think. There is. <laughs> and I include myself in that as well. Me too. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, I, I hate it's when, like, someone texts, like, you text someone, hey, how you going, and they call you. Like, I sit there going, oh, why don't you just text me back how you are? Why yeah. are you calling? And, like, I have to really think about, it's not that I don't want to talk to them, but I, I get, like you're saying, anxiety over this having a phone call when I can just text you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say when people pop around, but I actually haven't experienced that for a long time. But you, you would used to do that. You would do the pop around. Yeah. You wouldn't, you know, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't know to... who was coming. Yeah. I think that was cool back then, though. Yeah. I liked that. I don't know. Are we becoming too, I don't know, isolated with technology? I think we're leading, I think we are. Leaning, leaning into another question. We're losing touch. Yeah. Do you think technology is isolating people? I do. Yeah. In a way. In one way, in another way, it's bringing people, people together, together too, and it's probably probably sharing a lot more about yourself on yeah. things like social media than you would maybe in a whole friendship. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure. I mean, in a physical way, like physically getting up, driving, walking, going to another person's house instead of just contacting on social media and stuff. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen as often anymore, I don't feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I find that a little bit sad. Sure, but are we going to do anything about it? Probably not. <laughs> I'm not, not. Not at the moment in my life, I'm not. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how, how technology defines a society sometimes or yeah. redefines the way we, we interact with each other. But going back to the original question, yeah, what are that? the best things in life, Ray? The best, the best things. things in life. But I, guess, I suppose you have to think about what are the best things for you. Well, that's right. Everyone's going to have different... So for you, are the best things in life free? <laughs> some. Some aren't. <laughs> Lord of the Fries Lord burgers. Lord of the Fries ain't free. No. But sometimes they have free fries on Fridays, and that's cool. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get, we'll get off of that. <laughs> but no, like things like love and 
I don't know, that's all free stuff that can make you happy. But see, if I'm cooking to make people happy, that's not free. It's free for them, but I gotta buy the food. It's not really free, love. Getting way off track here. Got a question? Got a comment? Want to interact and help shape our shows? Then email us. Askfullpod at hotmail.com. That's A S K E D F O R P O D at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening. Nothing is really for free. If you're talking money wise or consequences. No, like anything. I think. Like you're saying, Nothing's expressions really free. of love There's... isn't free. You have to, even if it's yeah. if you're cooking a meal, you have to pay for those. That's right. You have to pay for the, the electricity. And da, da, da. So what is free and what are the best things? Oh, hang on. What are the best things and are they free? Rather? Smiles are free. Like a, a genuine smile is Again, free. Again, it depends on how, like, to <laughs> use your words, how, how deep you want to get into no, it. that's because right. Because the smile takes energy. You need to sustain your energy by sustenance. And if, you, See, then that's... if you're starving, you're unlikely to smile. <laughs> <laughs> so is it really free? So then... So perhaps we don't have to go that deep with it. We can just say yes. But then nothing is... smile's are free. A hug's free, but... That's what I'm saying. If you go too yeah. deep with it, then nothing's free. Because I could say, you know, the sunshine is free. The Things like the beach, the ocean is free, and that things that are lovely and make you happy. And But is it really, if you want to... Well, I guess the sun is free. I'm not sure how it can not be free. You unless know. you go to a solarium, which then it's <laughs> not really of the sun. The beach is free, though. It's interesting to think. I'm not sure where else in the world or where, where this happens elsewhere in the world. And I'm sure there are certain spots. But at one stage, I'm pretty sure in Adelaide, where we are, that they were going to charge to access the beach. I heard about that. Once upon a time. Yeah, so you had to pay... That would not be you'd free. You'd have to pay a fee. And yeah, so... But... No, but the beach is free. The stars are free, you know, and they're all lovely, beautiful things. Nature is free. Yes, when we're not destroying it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think it just depends on the person. You could ask every question... Every person's going to have a different answer for are the best things in life free. Name three best things in your life. And then tell me if they're free. Three best things. That's really difficult. Yeah, I know. I could say certain people. Okay, so say people. Yep, so people. Certain people, yeah. Food. <laughs> but that's not free. Um, well. Unless the people are bringing the food. Well, this is true. And then true. it's free for you. I love the people that cook me food. <laughs> um, no, I think people and nature and yeah I I don't know I find that question really difficult yeah fair enough I think we like to think that the best things in life are free and maybe they are depending on what you consider uh, what are the best things I think most people would say family friends um, those sorts of relationships are free but are they the best things I don't know it's all subjective I actually have one like my memories are great and they're free yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep. My memories are free. Memories are free. Yep. Your identity is free. Mm-hmm. Your life view. Yep. There's some free things. Your beliefs yep. are free, depending on what you believe in again, unless you're a Scientologist. It could get a bit expensive. <laughs> you there, do a show a, on Scientology. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably disinclined at this this time. Unless it's requested. Um, it would be interesting maybe to do a, a dive on... Um, religions. Well, maybe religions or maybe belief systems that mm-hmm. uh, kind of a bit hokey. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. I'd, I'd put Scientology in that. Oh, definitely. In that, in that category. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, there's a bunch of things that are free. I tend to think of the best things in life, you know, just simple things like mm-hmm. they do cost money. Like a movie. Yeah, like a movie. <laughs> I think I quite enjoy watching a movie or reading a book, but you have to pay for those things. Yes. Even though they're getting cheaper these days. Anyway, we've probably banged on enough about that one. <laughs> I think so. And the last question, little big question, last little big question for today is, can I think myself happy? Should I give this a context? You can. All right. I've lost me, lost me spot, so I'm going to quickly... Uh, Could you are your thought. Can I think myself happy? Does focusing on happiness make you happy? Is it possible to think yourself into being happy all the time by positive thinking? Try keeping a happy, sorry, try keeping a happiness diary and record one thing every day you thought was beautiful, one thing that made you happy, and one thing you are thankful for. Notice how it makes you feel and behave. And there's a Dr. Seuss quote. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Oh. Um, I had to keep a happy diary when I was studying <laughs> for nutrition and stuff. Okay. Like, I don't know, you know why I'm finding that funny. The hokey pokey part of it. <laughs> but it didn't make me happy because I felt like I was being forced to think of happy so things it, to make it me was happy. An unhappy diary. I, was, I, I resented it because I was like, I had to do it. I had to think of something happy to make me happy. The contempt diary. Yeah. But I think if, you know, like, I, I suffer from anxiety, so some days I have to sit there and actually convince myself that what's going on in, my, on in my head is not, you know, a bad thing. So I guess that's me giving myself positive reinforcement. And if I think it and say it enough, I start to calm down eventually. It does, does work. For me, it does sometimes. If not, you know, I find another way. Mm-hmm. Some days it's just harder than others but if it's like the beginning of some anxiety I can usually talk myself out of it mm-hmm. I think positive thinking and positive thoughts is a huge thing these days like everybody's think positive and you know if someone's sick it's all be positive it's always things like that and I find if I'm unwell and someone tells me to be positive about it it actually shits me yeah I was gonna say <laughs> it really does the first thing you're probably thinking is get fucked yeah pretty much I think for some people it works really well mm-hmm. for some it doesn't the positive thinking think yourself happy think yourself however you like think yourself to feel good whatever but I think I'm the type of person that if I'm not feeling happy then I want to go with it like I want to feel what I'm going through I don't want to have to go oh everybody's deciding wants me to be happy I better start being happy like mm. I'm just going to go with my emotions and that says something about the human experience where there's a reason why we experience emotions and it's perfectly fine to feel those when you feel those obviously within a, a reasonable context of course yeah yeah and yeah, there's a time to feel whatever whatever emotion. You know, certainly when if we've talked or we mentioned losing loved ones uh, earlier in this episode. And so if you've lost a loved one or if you're thinking about a lost loved one, you don't necessarily want to feel happy. You may feel happy when you're remembering a happy time with them. Mm-hmm. But it's probably safe to say that generally you're feeling unhappy because you're no longer able to have those experiences yeah. with that person. Um, and you've lost a, a, a connection or a bondship mm-hmm. with uh, another fellow human being. All right, so I share your um, 
I share your your viewpoint on needing to experience your feelings. I think that's to me it makes sense to being healthy. Is that mm -hmm. yeah? I need to not suppress, particularly what we call negative emotions, but experience them and and be in those moments in a way that's healthy, in a way yep. that's not destructive. So, if you're feeling like you want to hurt yourself, then no, don't do that. Yep. Seek help. Mm -hmm. But if you're feeling down and you, you understand why you're feeling down and you know that eventually you're not going to feel down mm -hmm. at some stage, then then go with it and feel it and embrace it. Yeah. And know that at the other side of that is is a, hopefully a, a better understanding of yourself. Can you think yourself happy? I think you can. And like you say, um, other times are going to be easier um, than some. Mm -hmm. There was a scientific report. Now I'm not sure. Actually, I haven't validated this, so I won't. I won't say that this is an actual fact. But perhaps it's something uh, I can look into and come back to. But I remember either hearing or reading something about how if you're not feeling happy, you can actually physically smile, mm -hmm. and that would change your mood. It would make you feel happier. So yeah, I'd buy into that to a certain degree. I think you would if you kept smiling long enough. I think people would ask. See, well, there you go. Look, you, you're, you're sounding happy already. Do you know already, why? Danielle. I think that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, that's my opinion on oh, that. Oh well, look, hey, this could be verified by science, so let's. Uh, Once it is, then then I'll no take worries. it back. I'll, I'll go back to you. <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, I I tend to accept that. I think we're not slaves to our emotions. Not to contradict what I said earlier, I think you should certainly feel your emotions mm -hmm. um, in, in safe and healthy ways. And if you're not, then you should be seeking help. Yes. Um, from loved ones or professionals. And you probably know that you're expressing your emotions in unhealthy ways if, you know, if people don't want to be around you or um, they're telling you. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. But certainly, on the flip side, there can be a journey to a healthier self. Yeah. But certainly don't think you're a slave to your emotion your emotions are responses based on your experiences yeah um positive and negatively in life so you certainly have authority over what you feel to a certain degree mm -hmm. and i think the more you you become the author of, of swaying those emotions to a, a more positive way the easier that will become because it certainly is easy to become negative yeah, it and is. It seems as though, and I'm no neuroscientist, but it seems <laughs> as though we're almost hardwired to be negative. So if you think about you know, trying something new, and inevitably you're not going to be good at it, and just the negative yeah. talk you have it within your own head is really astounding. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Or quite often if I do something, you know, something mundane and accidentally bump something or do something wrong, and I'll call myself an idiot or, or I'll swear or something. And if I go back and think about it, it's like, well, why am I being so hard on myself? That mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. But it's almost yeah, innate. It's yeah. automatic. So I'm not sure why that is. Maybe one of our listeners can tell us. I know personally, I'm if, some, if there's a situation, the first thing I do is go to the dark side of it. Like the negative straight away. I have my whole life. It takes me a lot to get to the... That's what I'm saying. To look I at think, it differently. I think it's natural though. Do you reckon? But and I even when we go, when we experience stress or stressful situations, we we quite often will go to the the possible worst case scenario mm -hmm. to prepare ourselves. I think mentally for the ultimate worst case scenario. 
Like, if you get a phone call from somebody at an unusual time, you yeah. usually, the first thought is, okay, what really bad thing What's has happened? happened? And, you know, and you may be surprised to find that it's quite the opposite or it's not what you expected, but your mind jumps to, okay, oh my gosh, yeah. what's going on? And that seems to be a very natural uh, response for some reason. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I used to know someone who used to say to me, like, hope for the worst and fear for the... No, what was it? Okay. Expect the worst, hope for the best? Always pretty much just expect the worst because then you won't get disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that as someone who's generally, not always, but generally optimistic. I, I get that, but I think if you're always expecting the worst, then your head's going to sit in that space mm -hmm. and you're not going to appreciate as much the good stuff when it does happen. Yeah. I tend to find my personal philosophies, I try not to expect anything. Mm -hmm. And that almost sounds like I'm, again, contradicting myself. And I'm not. I think expectations are about a self place or selfish place. And I don't mean selfish as in like... A greedy place yeah. i think we're all selfish to a certain degree because we all live our lives through our heads and we yep. have, have to sustain our bodies and our and our lives so we have to start with ourselves. but um i forget where i was going <laughs> um hoping for the worst and fearing for the best yeah there's there's nothing wrong with wanting wanting things but i tend to find if i don't expect anything one i'm moving towards being a bit more selfless mm -hmm. and two I'm not setting myself up for potentially unrealistic outcomes. Yep. I'm allowing to myself to experience life without the the desire for exterior motivators mm -hmm. or exterior things to make me happier. Yep. Uh, I I'll start to find them within myself. If that makes sense, I'm yeah, not it does. sure if I'm being very clear. Which is hard to do because I think naturally you do have some expectations, and it would be false for me to say that I don't have absolutely no expectations of course i expect that when the post postie comes that that letters are going to come into my post box mm -hmm. you know, i expect that sort of service but um, i'm talking i suppose i'm talking a bit more nuanced than just the the literal yeah so hopefully that makes a bit more sense but that's certainly my my personal philosophy if i don't expect anything, anything from anyone that i can't get from myself then i'm going to find that i'm not necessarily disappointed but i find i'll find that i'm not putting pressure on yeah on others to fulfill my mm -hmm. own happiness i'm doing it myself yourself yep and i'd much rather be the author of that than mm -hmm. allowing my emotions and my assumptions to cloud what i could be doing for myself anyway yep i anyway. understand that for a big small question that got big yeah that was a big question <laughs> <laughs> anything else you'd like to add no, I think that's... We've pretty much said it. Well, let's cue the music. Cue the music. Well, that was our big questions and small big questions episode big little questions big little questions <laughs> and big big questions of life thanks for listening i hope you got something out of this send if, us some big little questions yeah yeah always 
feel welcome to interact with us through email and our social so, social, social my social <laughs> my so our social media it's been lovely has it yeah it always is oh fantastic yes it has been <laughs> well this is the halfway mark of the what you asked for marathon, marathon so i'll be talking to you again soon yes about stuff stuff do you like stuff all right let's finish off so i've been your curator see you morrison this has been daniela thank you for listening and remember always be curious for extra is our interview show where we talk to somebody and share their story with you we believe everyone has a story to share and if you'd like to share yours email us at askedforpod at hotmail.com thanks for listening this has been a what you ask for podcast part of the asked for universe thanks for listening